0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, a lot of times people ask me, how do I get my guests? And it's a very weird story how I get some of my different guests, like Wendy Liebman, the comedian. She knew my friend Jordan Brady, and so he said, When don't you come on my show? And through Wendy, I got Terry Nunn, the singer from Berlin. And then I got Gilby Clark, a guitarist from Guns N' Roses, because my friend Troy Patrick Farrell played drums for him. And I met Troy at a bar, and we started talking when I first started my show. And I said, are you in a band? And at the time, he was playing with uh, Gilby. And he said, yeah, so he was on my show. And now uh, props to Troy. He's out with the Raskins. They're on tour with uh, Alice Cooper and Motley Croy. I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl. It was great to see a good friend up there. But it, it works that way. It usually works with referrals, or I send him a message. But my guest tonight, it's very funny. I was, I was out. I had met my friend for a beer. And... uh I was walking home, and me and Joanne were going to have a chili. I, I had this, low, you know, I had this no sodium chili mix, which you know, chili's good. So I'm like, we need something to go with chili, and I'm sitting there going, I call her. I go, hey, I go, I'm going to stop at Foster Freeze and get some onion rings. So I'm just walking home, and it was a last minute spur of the moment. And I see this my guest there sitting there, and I go, I know that guy. He's an actor, and I, that's my forte. I love character actors and actors have been a lot of stuff so i felt like a jerk when i'm going hey man are you an actor because he's with his kids but i let this kid wear my hat and his kids are having fun and they're eating they're all eating a lot of food it was great because that place you just go to eat but my actor uh, my guest is eric paladino hey <laughs> i'm good how you doing it was funny though because you, you hate to i hate to go up to if you were at, like at a sit-down dinner i would never do that of i would never course, come up no, no, but that environment it, it's it was in burbank and and you know, can I can I say the name of the place? The establishment. Yeah, Foster Freeze. Foster Freeze. And uh and uh we should be getting some free milkshakes and I know. <laughs> shitty cheeseburger. Can I curse? Yeah, I, I just know uh, Okay, okay. They have <laughs> they have good malts so they, they actually yeah, have good yeah. malts. Yeah, they have good malts. And you know, the cheeseburgers are good too. But um uh I you know, we go there every now and then, the boys love the chicken fingers and stuff. But uh but the environment is very it's old school and you know very laid back and and it's got the outside uh, some of the falserries have just inside like a mcdonald's but this has the outside part and the outside you're right on glen oaks you're right on i mean glen you're oaks. right on the main road and uh you sit there it's so funny cuz i and which it, is sort of dangerous with a 4-year-old and 2-year-old exactly cuz it's not like there's a gate it's not no, like a gated patio it's it doesn't make for the most rel- <laughs> relaxing dinner um so yes no he, he you know you came up to me and i was like you know um to you know especially when i'm watching the boys it's 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 impossible to have any kind of adult interaction well, how, old are, how old are the boys um i have two year two and a half enzo's two and a half years old and uh um, roman is four so yeah so yeah. that's i mean that's a lot of yeah. energy especially oh, yeah. the terrible twos with yeah. the four is more you know yeah. that's they go crazy yeah yeah and and as they were that night you know um so but yeah so then when you started talking to me i'm like i don't know what's hey what is what you know like i yeah. was a little like just you know distracted <laughs> but i got the gist of it nah and then you know i i you know found out about a couple of friends that you've interviewed before like Spencer Garrett and hey, he just posted I um, said you're going to be on the show he just told me to tell you hello he's yes. he posted and he's, yeah. he's a great guy yeah he's a great guy we have the same accountant he recommended his accountant to That's me. <laughs> it's so funny I always think like the actor guys you know you guys all have like your group I mean it's like like I mean you guys have been in so many shows together yeah. like my last guest that must be cool that you guys are comrades I mean It's funny Spencer and I've never worked together I, I I we just met in um in larchmont village uh on the street one day and and i think that we just started talking and 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 then he's good friends with noah wiley and i worked with noah for a few years on er and uh and that was kind of the connection but yeah no there is definitely camaraderie amongst especially the character actors especially like you know i mean i you know we've we go through the trenches together of of this you know silly entertainment business and the highs and the lows and and the hills and the valleys and you know and it's uh, and we look out for each other the ones that the ones that are your real friends I mean I I I won't mention names but like I have a buddy of mine eight nine years ago who was you know not doing very well and and I was doing pretty decent at the time, and, and, you know, he needed money to save his house, and I lent him a a, a large sum of money to keep his house for a few years. It was a good time, too, for him because over those next two years, the house went up. Right, okay. (laughs) It came back. Uh, So he definitely made money on that, but then like, you know, a few years ago, I needed some money. Uh, My career was kind of in a downturn, and I, you know, same guy, you know, good friend, borrowed money from him, and his career was doing good, you know. So, I mean, it's not just like financially, but like, you know, emotionally, too. We're really... You know, you'd be surprised, um, you know, that the level of cattiness, at least with male actors, is pretty low, uh, especially after you've been in it for 20 years. I I think that when we were younger, we were more competitive. Well, I think also when you're younger, everyone said, you know, everyone, when you're younger, everyone wants to be that heartthrob, Mm. you know, and say that thing. It's like when you're older, some guys are going bald, some guys are getting fat and they go, all right, you know, I can't be catty anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's that. And I just think also you just, it's not even, I don't think you're, I think that you're 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 very aware of the fact that it is a really hard business. Right. You know what I mean? And anybody that's still in it after 20, 25, 30 years, you know, what do you, you know, you can't, if he gets a job, you know, when I show up to an audition now with the same three or four group of guys that usually is up for like New York, Italian guys. Who are are those guys? It has to be a certain. My guys were, and some of them have, you know, like uh, it was like, you know, Danny Nucci, we would see each other a lot. Frank Grillo, who wound up blowing up in the last three years, you know who Frank Grillo is. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, Frank and I used to be up for similar parts, and there was a period of time that I was getting those roles, and now he's, like, a big movie star. Um, and uh, and who else? Danny Nucci, Frank Grillo. Um, oh, God. Uh, um Wow, I'm blanking on some other That's guys. It's fine. Right it's just fine. Because um, I'm taking, like, I'm, now I'm trying to think of uh, younger, uh, like Italian actors. But it's. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, that, that, I, that, you know, because a lot of, some guys have dropped out, too. You know what I mean? They're, they've gotten out of the business over the years. But there was usually, like, a you know, like a group of four or five. And, you know, and I, because I kind of go from being, you know, leading man at times to character at times. So, like, it's different groups, too. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, so, you know, but, but, uh, but you usually, my point being, you usually see some of these guys right. often and, and at this point it's, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, like you, you're like, you're going to get this one. I'll probably get the next, right. you, know I mean? you know, like, so there's that, 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 that aspect of it that was competitive is you're only competitive with yourself when you get older. Right. You know what I mean? Like for me, I'm very competitive with raising my level of, I mean, cause my job is essentially job interviewing. That's my job, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It really, and I who no one told me that when I started. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a question now. I was I, doing some reading on you. You know, you're from New York, and your mom your mom was a teacher. Uh huh. And now you, I read that you, when you saw Raging Bull, yeah, you said you wanted to be an actor. Yeah. How how were you watching Raging Bull when you were 12? Um, I went to the movies with my parents. Okay, and they they were I cool mean, with that. Yeah, they that yeah. I mean, they were. Cause I would think of I remember teacher. It when for, I was a kid, it, I used to go to the art house film. Uh, this place, and we used to drive from Yonkers to Hartsdale to to go to this this one art house movie theater. And I'll never forget this. I was like nine, and and you know my dad would just cover my eyes, but they would take me to to these movies. You know, like and some of them were, you know, like foreign films. <laughs> like an, and and uh, and I remember one that stayed with me. It was like. A guy got raped by other guys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my dad was like, oh, son, better not watch that. You know what I'm like? Yeah, I do. Better not take your nine-year-old to this <laughs> shit. What is wrong with you? It scarred me. But, but, <laughs> but what's, what's cool is though that they, they, uh, they were, they loved the film, I guess. They loved the, the yeah, I art that my, film. My, my dad was a heating contractor from the Bronx. My mom was a school teacher from the Bronx, but my mom was pretty, um, uh, my dad's Italian. My mom's, or my mother's Armenian. Um, my mom was probably a little bit, you know, well, definitely more, uh, cultured you know, uh, she, I mean, she got her master's degree and my dad barely graduated high school. He's like, a, you know, true blue, blue collar guy from New York. Um, very sweet guy though. Not like a tough, like I'm not, he's not, he wasn't like a tough guy. He's right, right. a really sweet, gentle man. Um, uh uh, you know, not a, you know, you know, he, 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 always said, Oh son, you know, I, yeah, I got into fights growing up, but you know, I always made sure I got my one good shot at, you know, right. that's all he cared about is the one good <laughs> shot. <laughs> uh, but my mom was definitely, you know, more cultured and advanced, you know, from the seventies, she was going to Lehman college, dragging my, you know, five-year-old ass to the school with her, you know, to, I'd sit, sit with her in some of those classes, you know, uh, and, uh, while she was getting her master's. Um, you know, so she, she, you know, she, and she was born in New York city and, you know, and then moved to the Bronx when she was older, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, so I think that she fashioned herself a little bit more of a, uh, a, of an advanced thinker for that time, which she was, you know, she definitely was, uh, she definitely is. So you're 12 mm-hmm. and you want to be an actor. So now well, what- see raging bull. I'm blown away by it. I loved boxing growing up. Um, I boxed now for, you know, 20 years of, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, it was a kind of a quiet passion mine, now, uh, from on. Now, does it not worry your agent that you box? No, I mean, I don't spar anymore. I'm, okay. you know, I'm 46. so I, I stopped sparring when I was about 39. Okay. 40. I mean, I might, you know, i lately I've been for some odd reason interested in sparring again. Um, I just think cause I'm getting bored. I just, I, I don't even go to the boxing gym anymore. The last few years, I, I just go to the Y and I hit the heavy bag and you know, there, um, but, uh, and also, I moved from the gym that was my gym. I went to Wildcard for about nine years uh, in Hollywood. My house was close to Wildcard, so proximity helped a lot for me going there. And it was it was right before Pacquiao showed up? I was going there for about three years, and and then he showed up, and that gym became a very different environment, right. um, very Hollywood. It was a little Hollywood then, but now it's like very. It became very Hollywood, um, and then I switched to this guy, Justin Fortune who's actually Pacquiao's conditioning coach now again. So I went to Justin's gym for about five, six years, Fortune's gym, four years. Um, But now it's like, because I live here, I don't do it as much. So, you know, I I just do it as part of my workout. There's there's a place in Burbank. Yeah, Legends, I think it is. or Well, there's a few. There's There's one, Geo's. Yeah, Geo's is right on uh, San Fernando. Yeah, not Legends. Um, Someone just told me about a place that's uh, it's very cheap that's why <laughs> that, that wasn't Geo's is just too expensive oh is right. it okay I think so um, they, have a, uh, they, have a, they have a statue of Rocky yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So, so, so you like the boxing yeah, and, yeah. and, you, and you love Raging it so it blew yeah. you away so you so said it blew I want to away. act yeah and I you know and I, and I so I said I wanted to act and and my mom who's a school teacher was like what what do you mean I, you know and my oldest brother Chris was a musician at that point uh, he was like 18 he was a guitar player and uh and and i just kept on hammering them for about a year i was like i want to act i want to act they're like this is so weird <laughs> you, know, like, you know this kid you know like was, it's just not, and also it was john belushi setting out live i was obsessed with belushi um i mean my real reason you know the reason why i wanted to be an actor was to be on out live initially that was it it's know. great that oh. nbc now shows uh on saturday nights at 10 o'clock they show the old classic ones yeah so people young kids don't Kids now don't know who Belushi is. No, no. They don't know the, the legend he was and how how different. I mean, like, that. I'm, I remember watching it all the time. It's, it was such a great time. Like, everyone who watched it were like, oh my God, this is something we've never seen. It was what, you know, that pure Belushi and, you know, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray when he got on, you know, he, Bill Murray was a little bit, he came on a little later. He came in the second year because yeah. Chase left after first. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it was just. I mean, I used to battle to stay up. I was, you know, whatever it was, it's 11, 12, 10, I forget, the, you know, but I used to battle to stay up to watch it. I was so tired, you know, but it would be like twelve thirty, twelve forty. I remember always falling asleep around 1247 yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, uh, and, and my dad letting me watch it. Um, but you know, that was that, that those two things together really kind of influenced me, especially, you know, seeing De Niro and raging bull was, it wasn't just about the boxing. It was really about that you know, New York quintessential family, uh, you know, uh, you know, some cr- craziness, uh, you know, his obviously more so, but like when, when Joe Pesci and him with the family were around the dinner table eating, I was like, Oh, that it really, I, it reminded me of my family in many ways, minus the violence. Right. You know what I mean, but, but just that 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 vibe, that whole thing, especially like you know, be, you know, because I grew up in Yonkers, but my family was from the Bronx, so it was you know, it was exactly like my family in the Bronx. You know what I mean? You know, so we would visit, you know, be with them uh, for dinners on Sundays, and I'm like, this is wow, this is like they they captured it, and, right? And it was at, my young brain just thought that was it was sort of a revelation for me. I just said, wow, I I could do that, you know, like mimic that. I could do this, you know what I mean? And And so I just was really focused on that, Um, you know, and and then a year later, my mom got me into a a children's repertory company in New Rochelle It was like a kid's thing on Saturdays. It wasn't, you know, um, anything, you know, like high end, you know, you know, but uh, it it was acting. It was acting. It was was having fun, a lot of improvising. And then from there, I just did it a little bit in high school and then I went to college and. Pursued it there. I got my bachelor's degree. Marymount. Marymount Manhattan College. And, and, and your roommate was from Cherry Hill. My, one of my roommates was from Cherry Hill. I, I uh, Funny, <laughs> you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, this kid, Jason. Um, you know, nice guy. Definitely pushed the envelope, you know, as far as like, the drugs <laughs> you know like and and i you know and and cherry hill according to him was a really nice neighborhood where he grew up in it was you know? not, i mean i mean i grew um, up i mean it was there was i know. was in the upper middle class yeah. area but not the upper like we were at a nice I have a house, feeling he was from the upper but there's the upper yeah you can yeah. tell there's something certain yeah. areas that you know some of the eagles yeah. and the flyers live there yeah so i'm feeling he was from that area you know and uh and he was always kind of this you know like you know sort of funny dude sort of a an an, an enigma he kinda didn't really get him ever um but he would always bring whippets, you know. Oh, yeah. you know and, <laughs> and in his room, we realized at the end of like the first semester together. In his room, see, I went to an all girls college too. Our college was all girls, uh, except for theater and dance majors. It was okay. co-ed. That must have been great. It was fantastic. We were the one male dorm. There was only yeah, five you know. dudes in our in our apartment because it was apartment building, big high right. rise in New York City, and um, and on um, two of the floors. It was all women and on, uh, it was like, you know, 30 apartments that were, you know, uh, allocated for Marymount Manhattan and 29 of the apartments were all girls and one was just dudes. So it was crazy. Oh, yeah, you know, We had the best of times. Um, and two of the guys that we live with were gay, so they could give a shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, You're like, this is classic. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's like 4,000 to one. Oh, That's uh, our ratio. If you really break great it down. ratio. I, I got out of that school with a very big ego. Right. Uh, but, um. Uh, you're probably unjustified to, you know, <laughs> but you know, so, but J- Jason was like definitely sort of the drug guy. And at the end of the year, we had a big garbage, like bin full of used whippet canisters. <laughs> I mean, like I, I didn't realize how many, I didn't do that many heat, but I realized like, cause I probably did it like a handful of times over the, but at the end of the year, we realized how many this dude did. We were like, wow, he did a lot of whippets. I mean, like it was probably, you know, Maybe a thousand of them, and they don't even last. Then I mean, I remember no. like when we used to work at—I worked at a restaurant. Like when we were uh, in juniors in high school, we did the work thing mm-hmm. where you got out of class early, mm-hmm. and they had to lock up the uh, whipped cream because we all go and when we unload oh, the truck, yeah. we go, oh, yeah, yeah, and you're oh, you go crazy. Well, for, these like, were the, the little list- silver bullet ones. Oh, okay. you know, like they, have you ever seen them? They're like these little silver bullet and I, I, yeah canisters. Like, you know, so you could you know if you put it in imagine a garbage bin, and yeah, it's that's huge. filled to the top. It was like <laughs> we you know we couldn't even lift it we had to like shoot it down the uh the the garage you know the garbage chute in the building you know, and we're like, <laughs> you know like, uh, um but uh so i hadn't so i finished college hadn't spoken to jason in i don't know year two years i moved to la and i'm like 25 24 maybe 25 i was here for you know uh, for a period and then i went back to new york but i get a phone call out of nowhere don't know how he's gotten my number because it's not like self uh, yeah it's like there's no yeah i get get on my home number and he's like hey eric eric and i'm like yeah he's like it's jason i'm like jason who you know (laughs) he's like i'm not gonna jason r i won't say his last name uh and i'm like hey man what what's up you know like and he's like um listen uh could I um? Could you pick me up in an hour? I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> he goes, you know, could you? Uh, I'm gonna be coming in on a on a Greyhound bus. Could you pick me up on the corner of Highland and Sunset an hour? Know? <laughs> like that? And I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, can I stay with you for like a day or two? And I'm like, I I guess you know like uh, yeah, all right, dude. You know like, and he's like, all right, all right. Don't don't anybody calls you. If anybody calls you, don't. Don't tell them I call. Don't, if anybody gets this number for some reason, don't. And I'm like, what, what is going on? He goes, I can't tell you. I'll tell you when you come get me. So I pick him up. I like get hour late. I'm like, okay. You know, like, I mean, was my roommate in college. We're going to blow him off. You know? <laughs> and he's like, Hey, and he gets in the car and he has like a beard and he looks like he hasn't showered in days and he looks horrible. He looks like a, a like a caveman, you know? Like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, man. Uh, so listen, um, the FBI is after me. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And he's like, well, I I mailed a pound of marijuana <laughs> to my mom's home address from Colorado, where he was at. And uh, and it, I didn't know, but it's a federal offense, and now they're looking for me. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh. All right, you know, you know. I get it. He goes, so can I stay with you for a few days? And I'm like, I go, I yeah, I guess, you know, like it's fine. So he stayed with me for two days, and then one morning, woke up, and he was f- gone. That's funny. And I have never heard from him since. That's too I've funny. Never seen him since. I don't know what happened to him. That's funny. I mean, never a Facebook. I've like Facebooked him a few times. And you like, can't. That's so you know, funny. find him. Um, what made you move to LA Were you, were you, uh, you when you get out of school? Did you when you got out of school? Did you want to come straight to LA or did you want to hang in New York? No, I, I stayed in New York I, I had no intention of coming to LA. What um, were you gonna do? Cons- cons- yeah, I was gonna still a, do it and, do a theater it, or Yeah, what yeah. well I played in a rock band for years I don't know it, well, I, no, actually, you're, you're, I meant to tell you that like I was hoping you could look it up and play us So your, your, your brother and you have uh, a rock band my brother and I in New York had a rock band Yeah, and then we had a, I had a band out here in Los Angeles for a while. Well, what'd you and, play? I sang I sang I was a lead singer. So did you learn uh-huh. did you learn when you could sing when you were a kid or yeah? I mean, I I, I knew I, I my brother Chris's band in the 80s was signed to Geffen uh, They finally got like the big record deal uh, In 89 uh, and they were a hair metal band. What were they called? Uh, Tour de Force out of New York and uh phenomenal band like you know a band that should have been definitely famous and successful and made it Chris was an NYU music graduate and um and, you know, totally in that world of 80s rock, hair metal. Uh, and they finally got the big record deal. And then right when the album was supposed to come out, like two months before, after, after they were finishing, finishing touches, uh, Nirvana hit. Right. And that got rid of and all... And they pretty much got dropped. And it was real heartbreak, you know what I mean? Like right around that time. I mean, it, you know, it's sort of, you know, like, you know, really after years of them playing out in the city and Lemores and all those... New York, great '80s clubs, rock clubs. I mean, I was a hair guy too. I had long rock hair, and you know, was I was too. Um, you know, yeah, I know I, 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 no, I had hair. I had long hair. But yeah, because yeah. there was a band. There's a bar in right near Cherry Hill called the Galaxy in mm-hmm. Somerdale, and. Bon Jovi was the first house band. Yeah. And then Cinderella yeah. was there. And then Britney Fox. Britney Fox, I and know then him well. There was a group called Carrie oh, ha- Wurr used to date one of the guys. Carrie Wurr. Okay. Okay. And then there was a group called Heaven's Edge. I know this because my brother's band opened up for Britney okay. Fox. Okay. And there was a group called Heaven's Edge and a guy named Reggie Wu who went yeah. to my high school was an yeah, amazing yeah. guitarist. But there was a big metal scene back oh, then. Oh yeah. No, and New York was the hugest. I mean Lemoore's East, Lemoore's in Brooklyn, Limelight, you know, all those places. Um, you know, I mean CBGB gets a lot of recognition, but that was more like hardcore. But the, the, the eighties Sunday night rock and roll church at limelight was like, you know, the top of the top. And, um, and so anyway, they, uh, they got dropped and then, you know, I was like kind of more of a grunge guy. I was younger generation. And so he was starting a new band and I was at one of the rehearsal practices and, and I I'd sang a little bit before, and, and they were looking for a new singer. They got rid of their singer, they got rid of the drummer, and the, you know, they just kept my brother and the bass player, and there was kind of a starting a new thing. Um, and, uh, and I just, the, there was another band there, uh, Concrete Jungle, these guys were uh, called at the time. And, and they asked me to get up and just jam with them, and I started jamming with them. And it was like I was his baby brother kind of thing, who was an actor too. right? Uh, and, and it just worked. Um, and my brother kind of looked at me differently for the first time it was like, oh, you know, and I, you know, I was, I was younger. I was, he was like 29. I was 23. You know, I looked like Anthony Kiedis with my long hair. And, right. You know, I had a good look and you know, that at that time, obviously that always mattered too. And, but I wasn't the best singer yet. You know what I mean? I kind of developed into being a better singer. I was never a great singer. I was, I was better writing songs and melodies. Um, and, uh, and then we just started playing together. And then I did that for about three, four years in New York um, with them from like 22 to 25. I got a gig in LA. Um, a music gig? Sure. Um, no, I got a, a, an acting gig. My, fir- my first acting gig really was Comedy Central. Um, short Attention Span Theater. Do you remember that show? Yeah. and yeah, yeah, I remember. With Mark Maron was hosting. Who? Mark Maron. Yeah, but I think... Um, well, did... Mark Maron hosted it. And I think Steve Scrovan wrote for that. No. Scriven. No, Scribham for Jonathan now. Groff did. Okay. Uh, he was right, one no, of the writers, okay. but, but yeah, there was a, f- you know, a few writers at the time, but, uh, but, um, I was the Nick, the elevator operator. So all the, the, it was basically like MTV for comedians, right? You know, like, so Mark Marin hosted it and he would introduce clips of different comedians everywhere. But at the beginning of the show, he would get on the elevator with Nick, the elevator operator. And we would have like a little sketch, little thing. And I had long hair was, and, uh, and and he i'd be like what's on the show today mark you know like and he'd be like oh well today we got janine Groffalo stopping by martin shorts and then the guests would stop by in the elevator with me you know what I mean? I mean i have a little sketch with them um and that was like my first real paid gig uh as an actor and i think i got like 1400 a week or something to to do it um and then i wound up uh and i was playing with my brother's band and then i went up auditioning for mtv a bunch of times at that time to be a vj um and and then i wound up getting a sit i got a, a i cut what happened oh and then I, I i got the mtv gig i auditioned for it a few times i did this like thing for woodstock um that was selling woodstock paraphernalia um that I just hosted that it was kind of right. like a their version of a home shopping network But it sold a lot and the kid that hired me who was a, not really a kid at the time But he was like probably 28 29 I was 23 Became the vice president of mtv like a year later And i'd auditioned for being a vj for mtv a few times, but I didn't get it I always came down to the wire like me and two guys me and two guys and it, uh, so th- kevin seal yeah, probably Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, that's squinty, I got and um or john sensio yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was one of those deals and uh and and then um, one day I got a call. I went to so I I went to L.A. for um what, what did I go to L.A. for? I just went to L.A. to audition for stuff. And my band came with me. My brother's band with my brother, and and we played. We were called No Happy Faces at the time. We were playing around in L.A. for about three weeks, and and then they they wanted to go back. They um, half the band wanted to stay. My old drummer now plays for, for Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. He's their drummer. I love them. Um, yeah, he's their wrote. He's their drummer now for the last few years. Um, my drummer at that time, and they just wanted to go back. They were like, you know, my brother Chris was a little older, and he just didn't want to like start new at twenty nine. And you know, in retrospect, I think that they should have stayed because in the three weeks they were there, we got a following. Very quickly because we were like in our third year of playing together. I think every band needs three years of playing together to get good. Right. Because you get tight and you get the truck super tight. You know what I mean? We were tight. So we came to L.A. And we, the first time I hit the stage, we'd already been playing and headlining in New York at the limelight on Sunday nights. We were like a headline band at that point. So, you know, we were tight. So we we were getting gigs. You know, other club promoters were calling us right away. and But they went back. But while I was there, I got a random call from the vice president of mtv I was like you want to be a vj at the beach house and this was the guy brian diamond who was like a baby producer a year before but now he became a vp and i said uh, yeah of course i do and he goes well, i'm like but i don't want to audition again for you guys i already did it like twice how many times i going to go through the ringer with you guys and he said no 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 come come you know like just you you just come in for a week and you know you'll be on the air right away and if it works out after the first week we'll you know give you a contract and i said uh, really? And he's like, "Yeah, he's like, I'm the vice president." And, you know, right, and I, exactly. you know, I was like, <laughs> "Okay." You know, like uh, he goes, "Yeah, Carl could pick you up next week, and we'll go." And so I went, and then they hired me to a one year contract. That got me back to New York. Now, where was that? It was a beach house in, in Su- Malibu? Okay, yeah. Remember when MTV did? Yeah, I Malibu remember, beach do, house. Yeah, but so that so, how'd they get back to New York if the beach house was in Malibu? What do you mean how they get back? No, you said that got you back to New York. Oh no no no. So oh yeah. So the beach house was just for the summer. Okay, and then the summer was over, and then I had to go back to. They, You know the contract was for a year. I had to go back after the summer to New York to be an in house v j so I did a late night show called Dream Time that was on from like one thirty yeah. to four thirty in the morning. And that was my show okay. it was on after kennedy's alternative nation isn't it weird to think that it used to be all videos? We were talking oh. about me and my buddy were talking about last I went to my buddy's house to watch the game last night, and uh, we were talking about you know nita blackwood jj i mean we were talking about old radio and how mark goodman came from philadelphia and we were just saying it was so weird i mean and i've had some guys in some of the 80s bands on here like terry Nunn from berlin even said like their video hit and once people saw it they said wow who's this beautiful blonde singing and and, i mean it would just duran duran i mean it was i i was i felt very like um the band that i always felt very Connected to, they don't know this, but like when, when the they started getting in the rotation was no doubt. Okay, and and I was like, and it was played like a lot on my time because it was one thirty to four thirty, so that's where they kind of like tested some things out. And I remember saying like at that time, like I felt a little like maybe I had a little something to do with right. breaking them. I mean, obviously it would have happened no matter what. It was a huge hit, but it, did, <laughs> but, like it makes a big difference. But I, in. I introduced those videos. You know the ones that I liked, and I improvised a lot on my show. I didn't read off the teleprompter. It was one of the reasons why they fired me, um, because I kind of did my own thing. It was 1.30 in the morning, and our ratings doubled. But a new a new president came in and had this new thing that was like, you got to read DJs have to read off the prompter. They're not DJs. They have to read. You know what we write, and and I was like, why are we changing this? You know, it's right. not broken. We doubled since I've been on. Why are we changing? And so I, I and I knew they had if they fired me because I didn't want to be a VJ anymore. I wanted to be an actor. Um, I knew if they fired me they'd have to pay off my contract okay so i was like I- i'm ready to get fired from this job and so well, i'm giving kept your on, pants off i hey! kept on doing whatever the hell i wanted to do on it on their own and, and within three weeks they fired me but they you were, got your contract i got my contract I, so i still got paid for six more five four more months now did you come back at la then or did you hang out i i cut my hair this is a true story after years of having it long because i really wasn't working as an actor um and i cut my hair for the first time and uh you know, like, I didn't want to cut it. I was like, Yo, yeah, I'm in a band. I'm, I'll cut it when they pay me kind of right. thing. You know, they, they can see it, you know. But the first, I cut my hair, and the first audition I had for a sitcom was called Love and Marriage. And this woman, Amy Sherman, who's now Amy Sherman Palladino, was her first show. She was dating a guy named Palladino at the time. But it was a pilot that had been picked up, but they were recasting the role of the son. And I cut my hair a week before short. Now, was that with Jay Thomas? No, no. And uh, and I uh, I I went to the audition, and the casting director, Marsha Schulman, I believe it was, looked at me after I read the. She goes, you know, and I was like 25, 26 at the time, and the like role was seventeen, and she's like, you might be too old, but let's put you on tape for L A. And I, I said, okay, cool. She put me on tape for L A. And I was going to stay in New York at this t- time. I, uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to stay. I got, you know. T- like I'm money coming in from MTV, right. you, know, like, you know, like I saved money too. I'd have a lot of overhead, you know, my band was back together. So I was happy about that. And, uh, and they put me on tape and they flew me out to LA. The next thing I know. And I auditioned for it and I did what, what's called a test. Uh, I tested, you know, foot in front of my network. Uh, usually it's you and two or three other guys testing for the same part, but I got there. It was just me. I didn't realize at the time I was young and stupid. And I, um, I did the audition, and she comes out. And she goes, "All right, well, we're having a party next week at the blah blah blah." After the audition, all the network executives come out, and I'm like, "Uh huh, uh huh." And she, I'm like, "Are you saying I, I?" It was like such a John Travolta, you know, right. like you know, you know, like right out of Staying Alive. Moment. I'm like, "Are you saying?" Because she just went straight into like what we're gonna do, and I'm like, "Did I?" Did, and they never tell you in person that you got the part. They never, did. not, not since then have I had that happen. I get feelings, you know what I mean, but I've never had the moment that you audition them come out afterwards and basically tell you that and I'm like do you mean I got the part it was at Fox I remember and she's like hey yeah, you got the part and I'm like I got the part you know like and it was you know like I was jumping for joy like I made a total fool of myself I'm like I'm an idiot in front of everybody but uh but I that's what got me to move to LA so it was the sitcom for Fox called Love and Marriage it was on after Married with Children um and it got canceled after like 9 episodes best thing to come out of that show for me was uh my friendship with Tony Dennison Okay, um, Tony. You know Tony's on the. Yeah, cruiser, he's on major crimes, on major crimes now, and um, and Tony and I. Tony played my dad. Okay, so we've been friends ever since for the last twenty years. Um, but uh, that's what got me back to LA. So you were here, and then yeah, and so then after the show gets canceled, the thing is you yeah. you 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 have to be recognizable because you yeah. were on MTV and now you were on a series. I mean, there's 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 a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean a little bit. You know, like I mean the MTV thing was like I was a late night guy, so it wasn't you know what I mean, and I right. was always the. You know, which it's funny, it's like I said this to a buddy of mine the other day. I go, I, I always feel like after all these years of doing this, like I feel like my whole career I've always been never the cool guy, never the in crowd, never the popular one, you know, in the business ever. You know what, yeah. what I mean? Like and 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 I don't know if that's like a bad thing or a good thing for me? Because I I think I think like yes I you know sure you want to be on a hit show and the guy or one of the guys on the hit show, but uh, you know I just always feel like I'm and maybe a lot of people feel this way. I just always feel like I'm a bit of an outsider. So you know when it came to MTV, I wasn't like you know like. The, the main vjs i was right. kind of like the exterior guy you know what i mean like when it came to er same thing you know what i mean like er i was like you know i was like at a cool role but i was always a little bit the, you know the exterior guy you know and you know god bless working actor making a living you know what i mean but at the same time it's like I, it's always somehow felt that way to me and i i don't you know i i i, I and i i don't know if I would be comfortable with any other version of <laughs> You know what I mean? You know? Well, you know, I got a question for you because you should be being the outsider guy. But you, you, after Love and Marriage got canceled, uh, you worked, you acted and stuff like that. And now, how did how did it end up coming to the ER? Because when you joined ER, it was, it was, that was a really big show. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, you came in, I mean, that's like as an actor, that must be sitting there going, okay, I don't want to screw up because I'm going to at least get one or two seasons out of this. I mean, I know you were in U571. Yeah. And e- that- well, what happened was I got, I, 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 Things were going, like, really well. I did a few sitcoms back-to-back. I was, like, a sitcom guy, uh, mostly, the first four or five years of my career. And then I had done this sitcom that Kelsey Grammer produced. It was a pilot. Didn't get picked up, but I, I got, like, a... And it was when NBC was heyday sitcom. I got offered, like, a crazy development deal from NBC at the time. And the day I was going to sign it, uh, the president of Paramount called me at home. To which I didn't know it was the president of Paramount when he called me. He kept on saying he was a suit. <laughs> um, but he was trying to get me to do this other show, another sitcom. That sitcom I wound up doing. Uh nine episodes in, I didn't really like it. And I asked it to be let out of the contract because it wasn't doing well and my role became really marginalized on right. it. And I was just like, I you know, you guys pulled me into this show. I I was hoping it would be more than what it is, and I and I, and they knew that it wasn't, so he let me out of the contract. I had to shoot one more episode Contractually, um, and I auditioned for U five seven one around that time. The day I finished that last episode, I got offered a part in U five seven one, which shot in Rome for six months. Yeah, what a in, deal! And Malta, uh, and John Bon Jovi, and Matthew McConaughey, Harvey Keitel, Bill Paxton, de- sick. I mean, a sick cast, and um, you know, like I mean, a fun cast too. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, dynamic in that way, um, and. And then, like five or six younger actors a week later, I'm walking down the streets of Rome my first night there, and it's me, John Bon Jovi, and Jack Noseworthy and Dirk Cheatwood going out to dinner and I'm like, how did this become <laughs> my life in 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 overnight too because I quit the show? you know what I mean i let it's the only thing I've ever you know really been asked to be taken off of and and then I'm a week later or two weeks later right after the holidays I'm in Rome in January and I'm going to be there all the way through May and then I'm going to go to Malta for six weeks Um, it was I mean for me that was the most romantic uh, you know part of my history that I will always look back on with the deepest fondness because you know we all got you know got along really well Um, I'm still good friends with a lot of the younger you know cast you know cast uh from that show i was became buddies with john for a while too for a few years um after that um but so anyway i got that and we did that for six months and i had a nice buzz coming off of it like um you know people were saying you know positive things about me in it and and then i auditioned i had an audition for uh er um they were looking for a new doctor and when i you know First went in, I, you know, some, like you do for a lot of these editions. I, I didn't have a lot of time to work on it. and It went well. I, I didn't think it went great. But then they asked me to come back to have a final audition for it, you know. And it wasn't like a test. It was like for John Wells and the producers because those guys could decide whatever they wanted at the time. They didn't have to get it approved by network. And it was me and two or three other guys. And it was obviously the hugest audition of my life because right. it was the number one show in America. And, and it was like, huge. I think, like and, Number yeah. one, like no, number one, like 30 million people. Yeah, like like bigger one. than... Like, Big, bigger like, than... Walking the, Dead numbers is like half. You right? know what I mean? You know, like, you know what I mean? Oh, it was, that's just... Yeah, it was, I mean, it, 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 everyone, everyone yeah. knew that show. Like you know, the, those... And, you know, back then it was... They didn't have the you know, competition of cable and everything. So it was was like, you know, it was like 30 million people watched it every week, you know, which is insane. When you think about that number, what's walking dead, like 15 million, 16, 17 million. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, when you think about it, it's immediate like recognition too. That's the other thing that was kind of crazy about it. So I go in, I do the audition. I, I slept with those pages for that week. You know, I just lived with them and worked with them nonstop. And I knew the audition went well and I had a really good feeling about it and then they offered me the part um, which was five episodes with the option of making me a regular talk about pressure those first two months oh yeah you got to you got to no, nail no, no. it man you, you know, know and you're uh, sitting there inside your head right, i got to just yeah like you know it's not, like, it's not like you're acting with featherweights you're acting with people who've been working together on a number one show for so, so long so you're like the, and also you want to get along with everyone Exactly. you know but you know the upside was there was like other new cast members too so we bonded the new cast members there was like three or four of us um, you know, and, uh, so, so yeah, that went really well. And, you know, I, and, and then we, I did it for two years, two and a half years. Um, you know, I, for me, it was a little bit, you know, towards the end of the second season, I, you know, the, the guy who created my character left. And so a lot of the good juicy stuff that I was getting to do the first season kind of went away went once he left. And that, that was a little hard for me cuz i i've never been i mean i've just never been a money guy. I've just never been a money guy. You know, i i mean i like money. I'm a, more of a money guy now because i have kids. But money never really motivated me. Um and you know, i would say that's true for a lot of artists. You know what i mean? I I mean i consider myself an artist and 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 so if i'm not getting to do the work that i'd like to do, it's kind of hard for me to want to stay there and yeah. show up. Um and at the end of every season John Wells would ask, you know, we would sit down, they'd meet with the actors at the end and just, you know, he'd kind of get a feel of like, "Oh, do you like being here? How's it going?" blah blah blah. You know, and and he asked me, you know, at the end of the second season, "How do you like being here?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I mean, I like being here, but I just wish I had more to do." You know what I mean? There was like an episode where I had two lines one week. And and they paid me a lot of money, you know, and I said to him, like a dumb young actor, I said, <laughs> Idiot. I said, I said, I'm like, I'm like, you know, you paid me this much money and I work for an hour. I don't know. I feel weird about that. I said, you know, and I, I, I just want to work more. I'm not looking to get more money. I just want to work more, you know, and he said, well, you know, we don't know if this character is someone that we're going to really develop that much more. We really like him and we really like uh where we're at with the guy you know what i mean you know he's funny and he comes in he's kind of a thorn in people's sides and you know he's you know know, we need that character on the show he said but you know we don't want you to stay if you're not happy you know and at the time i had no overhead and i had a lot of money in the bank and i said you know i gotta be honest with you i don't know if i really want to stay and you know so it was a really amicable split he said all right next year we'll we'll write you out and i said okay cool you know, and, you know, obviously, I, I, you know, it was a real tough decision for me because, you know, I look back on that historically from from, you know, those decisions you make and, you know, you go two paths. I mean, had I stayed on the show for five or six more years because it stayed on for five or six more right. years, I would have made millions. You know what I mean? That's that's the one thing that's hard to you know look back on. But had I stayed on that show you may have gotten fired you may have well come no out. i just wouldn't have done as many different roles as i did okay. in those five or six ro- years i did Stephen bochco series over there which right. for me is the most proud i am of any show i've done so far well it's funny i i put the story you on know. facebook and a guy steve king i used to work with was like oh my god i loved over there and uh, lombardo boyar was yeah. on even though he played yeah yeah, he, he wasn't did. yeah, yeah. That, now that must have been great uh to play that role just because also you, you it's you're representing our country. I mean, that sounds weird, but it was you're, you're, it was heavy. It was a lot of responsibility, and I and I, you know, I I you know, it was a lot of responsibility, and you really wanted to get it right. And you know, I mean, when it's you know, when it's well written and uh, you know, and and well directed, and the other actors are really good, and I, it's really easy to be, you know. Connected. Did they no. pursue <laughs> you or did you have to audition for that? Or I ha- just auditioned for Botchko. What happened was I auditioned for Botchko a year earlier for the show called NYPD 2069. It was a pilot that took cops in the future you can't the thing is and, you, you, and just the one thing is because I, I watch a lot of TV this, I was in marketing you can't name a show 2069 you can't have 69 in a tight office people are always thinking 69 yeah, <laughs> like parents are going and you know little kids are going yeah, 2069 well they, it never got p- picked up but they shot it and um, and they hired a different actor for the lead and I was up for the lead I went in for the lead and the way Botchko told me the story was a year later I came in and read for over there and when I left he was like la- what happened was the year before he wanted to cast me as the lead in this thing. And, uh, and he got talked out of it by, uh, somebody else in the room. And, and, and he, and he regretted it because when I guess, you know, not because the other actor that they hired wasn't good or anything, but he just regretted it. He, He said he wanted to go with his instinct. Um, but he, he, for some reason did not. Um, and then a year later when I came in and read for Sergeant scream on over there, uh, You know, it was pretty much a, it was a good audition for me. So when I left, he was like, we're hiring him. You know, like, it was like, I didn't hire him last year. You guys talked me out. We're hiring him this year. And so the show got picked up and we shot it. And, um, you know, I, you know, I look back on, you know, that, that whole journey. uh, You know, it's why I became an actor, uh, you know, and it also certain roles elevate you, you know, and that role for me you know made me realize like wow i've been doing this for 20 years and i i know what i'm and i was 37 at the time and i'm you know uh, over 20 years you know i i i kind of came into my own in that role um and uh and 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 it uh you know made me just really feel very comfortable in front of the camera and 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 i you know i realized the biggest secret about our business and the biggest secret about our business is when like what i was saying before is when it's well written and you have the best directors and the best writing um and if you're just a good actor you don't even have to be a great actor if you're just a good actor and not being like not belittling being just a good actor you come off great well you know it's funny you say that because i was watching a lot of uh sports talk today after the eagles last night and they said sanchez comes in he's got a great coach he's got all these great things if you're if you're good you're gonna that team's gonna come off great yeah. i think it's when you have the team it's like now you have to be good you can't of be of course you, have you to can't be, be a piece of crap else no. you're gonna be a thing but but now did you have to go through special training at all anything yeah we we um we did a few weeks of uh training with the, these marines uh you know even though we were playing uh army um but uh um um the staff sergeant sean bunch uh was one of our coordinators and he um uh he he trained us for a few weeks up in uh, off the 118 up in uh off the soda at this farm up there and um you know that was that was uh pretty intense yeah it was pretty intense it was you know i mean a lot of it you know uh, unless you're going for like a month or six weeks i mean you know and staying there which i know some actors you know get to do on movies they have that kind of budget you know but you know we we it was it was you know, it, it wasn't as intense as some of the episodes we shot, <laughs> you know what I okay. mean? Some of the episodes, like we did this one episode called Roadblock Duty, I'll never forget it, and you know, and this car is coming towards us, and we basically, you know, they we try to get them to stop, and they don't stop, and they just keep coming, and we light, we basically light, you know, light them up with our our, our M4s, and 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 it was just, you know, th- there's that magic that takes place sometimes, and and you're not acting and you're transported to the moment and everything looks so real and you're like you you if you're doing it right you're you feel like you're there and and that night it it was so the air on that set was palpable with tension and um you know that 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 sense of uh wow this is what these guys must go through, and this this is really uh, a hard thing, you know, uh, for for a young man to have to deal with. Now, you did, did you get any feedback from real veterans? And I soldiers I, all the time. I still do. And now, are they proud of what you did? Did they uh, sit there did, and go, do "You everyone, did a great"? Everyone, uh, f- for the most part, at that time, you know, everybody has the issues with. Yeah. Uh, Oh well, you know when you guys are attacking, you'd never be that close together, yeah. you know. Like in, and you know when it gets same thing with ER, you know. Well, it's it, any show, yeah. You know, like, and, and, yeah it's yeah, yeah. And and you know that that you know I just take that with a grain of salt. I go, of course, it's TV. They have to shoot right. the actors three or four instead of ten feet apart when you're you know walking. <laughs> when you, you have, have when you have, you know, a, a, you have it, a camera, the camera <laughs> has to be three feet apart. I mean. You know, there was one day when we were shooting the M4 and they had, the, there was one day that only one time I got mad on that set and we had, you know, we did a lot of, I mean, we were shooting in 115, 118 degree weather. And of course, Where did and, shoot? And we were shooting off the 118 and okay. then in Palmdale sometimes oh, okay, okay. Uh, in the middle of summer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, the same thing with Staff Sergeant Trump budget. ain't nothing like Afghanistan. Afghanistan has 130. 120 is nothing, pussy. <laughs> you, know, like, I mean, you know, so we always had that. I'll never forget, I, we, we, he and I once got into it, and I was like, you know, because I box, and, I'm a, and he was a big dude. He was like one, but I wasn't intimidated by him. Even though he was a Marine, he'd probably kill me. <laughs> but I was like, dude, I, I, I go, we should go at it sometimes. He goes, oh, Palladino, I'll, I'll choke you out and piss on your head. <laughs> Like I was like, all right, I'm like, let's go a couple rounds, buddy. You know, like I, I know you're gonna get winded. You know, like, you know um, it was funny, dude. Um, but why, really, why'd you get pissed off? Um, the uh, we were shooting the M4s uh, uh, mm-hmm. side by side. Um, you know, and you know, normally I guess you're supposed to be like five, six feet apart, but we're like two, three feet apart because they wanted to get a two shot of the actors. So you know, when you're shooting the discharge. Uh, the shells are flying off and i had two actors to my left and their shells are just pinging me in the face like <laughs> and, like hot shells you know and i'm I, you know i'm i keep on i go cut can we? Is it possible that we can, you know, maybe get up like another six inches away? They're like, Eric, it's such a cool shot, though. And I'm like, and I'm always wanting to get the shot too. I'm a total team player. It like my damn I'm head, like, dude. You but masters. it just smacked not in my head. It's hit me in the face, dude. I got a helmet on. It's hit me in the face, like in the eye and the cheek, and you know. And I'm, I'm like, there's only. And finally, I, I, you know, after like you know, 20 minutes of this, I'm like, I go, guys, I, I'm not shooting this anymore until we figure this out. You know. And they're like, yeah, all right, all right. You know. And then they they played it and. Cause they didn't believe me and then we went to the monitor they were play. they played it in slow mo and you could see the shells going <laughs> ching ping, ching ping off my face um but i had i mean that was for me one of the funnest shows i've ever done and um just a just a total great time and and you know working with steven Botchko and his son jesse you know i haven't i mean that I was really you know I, I really loved working with those guys. I thought they were fantastic. But did that get canceled or did they just, just they didn't do it? it got cancelled. It, it it the the reviews were off the charts for that show. Um uh, but uh people just didn't, it was on FX and people didn't really want to watch a show about, you know, they've never done that before, a show about, you know, a a war that was ongoing, you know, um, currently, you know, at that time in two thousand. That must have been a bummer a little bit though because it was a a good show. And it got so much press. I mean, we were getting like great press right out of the gate, you know, we're like, oh, this could be on for a few years and, you know, it was about this, this squad of, you know, soldiers, you know, and and, uh, for me, playing the sergeant was just, I mean, the the biggest joy I get as an actor is when I get a role that has a really, really, really clear objective, you know, and his objective was really clear. So and it's a streamline. It's streamlined in thinking for me, you know, um, and I like that when it's when it when 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 it's that's. you know, A to B, this is what this guy thinks about. This is all he thinks about. And, and then every scene that I'm in, as long as that's my focus, you're it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's like a laser point. You know what I mean? It's, it's just really, I can deal with every character from that perspective. Um, Uh, very you know in a very strong or you know not so strong you know it's just it just it's just very clear for me um and i and i like that you know i i I have trouble when the character's big yeah their objective i I get a little like i don't know how to approach this we we have about Um, 10 minutes left um do you want to talk about your music because i know i believe are you Mm. playing music again or, or i am not but you know my last band you know um, I don't know. Can you get access to any of that stuff? Or nah, no, I can't. You that's can. all. That's, that's I should have brought something. That's for that's, you. A just <laughs> oh, okay. that's, that's the re- computer That's how I record the show. Oh, okay. That's all I think. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so now, now oh. Do you still do you still want to play music? I mean, do you love I, you music? know? It's the last band we played in was a band called Hearing Red, um, and. Uh, and you know things were you know going pretty well for us, uh. and you just sing now, do you play an instrument? You- I play a little piano now, but i didn 't play piano with the band uh we 're like hard rock, you know, definitely hard rock what are some what are some of the bands you like um like I mean, in your c d collection i would you know i mean I like foo fighters, obviously, but you know I mean the stuff that it 's hard because when people ask me that i, I listen to really different things right. i mean i li- I like some jazz and like you know, uh, you know, you know. Very, I mean, Radiohead, obviously, and you know, the, some of the basics. You know, like you know, I, but I, for me, my music always winds up being heavy hard rock. Okay, but that's not what I listen to all the time. So it's very, you know, like that question doesn't influence my music. Right. Okay. You know, um, but uh, um, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's. You know, my music, like David Gray, I go from that. You know, like, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm across I'm like, the board too. I'm It's across, like yeah, My it's, CD collection goes yeah. from everything. Like, yeah, I'll be listening to uh, The Romantics. Yeah. And then I'll be listening to The Screaming Trees. Yeah, like, then I'll be listening to Cinderella. So totally. You know, because you know, that, that's what I love, though. That's yeah. like when you sit there and you go, okay, you know, you, you know, put on, you know, the call. I, mean, I go from Sinatra and, to, you know, White Zombie. You know, right. To <laughs> <a> Thelonious <laughs> Monk. You know, like, you know, I mean, it's so it's a very, but it does it. My music always winds up in my head. I want to play in U2. Okay, I want to be the singer and you too in my head, but then I wind up always playing really hard rock, right? And, and I, and it's so weird. It's like, um, but the last band we we did well. We opened for the Killers on New Year's Eve one time at Paramount Lot, and that was like a really good gig for us. And, um, you know, we we you know, everyone should look up a song called if you want to get an idea of what hearing red heaven h e a v e n obviously I no. there's no like wordplay. That's why I spelled it out. Sorry. For, I mean, it's no, yeah, but, uh, but, but, uh, uh, um, but, uh, yeah. So, but that, yeah, that song did well for us. It, uh, sticky fingers who was in over there with me, lead, you know, he's also an onyx. from the Ben onyx. Okay. Uh, slam that did it, that did it. Let the boys, eat boys slam. boys. Anyway, sticky was on over there with me and he would call me every now and then for songs to get placed. And he placed one of these songs in a Michael Jai white, like karate movie. Movie, um that song heaven and it wound up doing incredibly well like on youtube it got like over sixty thousand hits and it's a it was very like um uh, uh it was it was highlighted in that film during this whole montage sequence of michael J. white you know doing karate against you know groups of people um but uh i don't know if i'll play music again with a band per se i think if i did it again it would be you know with just maybe mia uh, with piano and okay. I, you know and um, I'm not quite there yet as a player. So, you know, uh, but maybe later in life, uh, you know, I would do that again. Now, now what's coming up on the acting front? Well, I just did a movie a little while ago called happy birthday, the movie and, uh, independent. Um, and, uh, it's pretty funny, pretty out there. Steven Tyler's in it. Uh, I got to work with him, which was fantastic. He's, he's from Yonkers. I'm from Yonkers. Okay. He literally grew up a block from my house. I used to look at his parents' basement. Uh, he didn't grow up there actually. I think he moved there when it was like eight or nine but um i used to look in his parents basement at the gold records oh wow that's so cool it's so cool yeah it was crazy and uh and then so when i got to work with him i was like uh, you know oh man you're from york or something and he was a great dude uh really nice guy weirdest thing was his dressing room, room was right next to my dressing room and it was paper thin the walls <laughs> and, and <laughs> And while we were shooting the thing and I felt so uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm listening to his private conversations and this was one of them (laughs) and one of them consisted of him talking about uh, what is the spray when people spray in the room, the breeze, the breeze. Febreze and you're I'm like, like, you're Steven, I'm like Tyler. Steven Tyler's talking about Febreze. he's like yeah man the Febreze, <laughs> the Febreze the Febreze I don't get it you know you spray it on a couch just to make it smell good and it, even though the couch is all dirty and shit that's disgusting man you know, like, I'm like this is what he's doing Febreze um, but it did get to the point where I, I, I felt so uncomfortable I knocked on their door I said look I just want to let you guys know that I hear everything you're talking about I'm right next door just so you know and they were like oh thanks man <laughs> like I mean he he uh, he was a good dude though he plays this like drug dealing shaman in the film and uh, and I played this character called the Texican who's uh, who's who's kind of a you know a street hustler uh, who, who gets the drugs for these two young guys that come down to Mexico and my character's little McConaughey you know it's funny because I work with McConaughey uh um you know style of you know uh, his essence i kind of did a little mcconaughey towards him um but uh it turned out pretty funny uh i think uh i think i think kids are gonna like it because it's definitely it's like two guys go to mexico partying right and then it turns really ugly and the movie becomes like this it's like the game meets the hangover it's okay. That's way to describe it. That's cool. So, yeah, you know, and now I'm just, you know, back to, you know, trying to get the next job, you know. Now, do you, do you, do you ever want to get back into comedy at all? I mean, is that something? I that, mean, that's something that I'm really wanting to do uh, after years of not. Because doing... you, you got start in the beginning, you had comedy. Yeah, so I started kind wanna... comedy. And, and, and really, you know, like, I mean, Happy Birthday the Movie, my funny, the character's very funny uh, in it. Um, but, you know, as far as like sitcoms, it's funny, that our business, you know, you do a few things. That's you know U five seven one into ER. After that, people didn't want to see me for sitcoms. They're like, "Well, he's a dramatic character, right? Yeah, actor." And and so you, you know it, you got to fight to get back into those rooms. You know, like for me, yes, I get seen on pretty much any one hour drama or you know some dramatic films, but with comedies, I it's usually a, a fight. So, you know, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, that it goes that route. Yeah, I guess comedy's fun. I yeah. love comedy. I want mean, I want to is... do a multi-camera sitcom. Okay. That's all I used to do. I didn't do single camera back then. It was always live studio audience. And that was hands down because of my theater background. Um that's what I wanted to do, you know. So, you know, um you know, it's just it's just uh there's not many good yeah. sitcoms anymore. That's the thing; like they get canceled like that, like they just drop off, oh. and they're just you know, just not as they're not as funny. As no, they. they're you just they're, they don't they don't use the old formula, and the, the, a lot of those writers, like you know, I saw that you had Bill Masters on here once. Yeah, by like, him, I had him, Scrovin, and Heyman yeah. all for Seinfeld. Yeah, and Bill, I work with on Murphy Brown, years right. and years and years ago, right. Right? and and, just, and and you know, and those guys, you know, they're a dying breed, and it's really um, it's sad. It's sad because I don't think that most of these. People you know that are writing now know I mean some of them got it down obviously, but I mean they just don't know that like that really great comedic reversal like you know how to set up that joke and and it's just you know uh, It's 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 sad. I'm you know, I think that it will make a comeback though I think good because everything comes back we got to wrap up um, now What can people follow you on Twitter Do you yeah. tweet a lot? I do. I don't know if I do it a lot, but um yeah, my Twitter is I think it's just Eric Palladino, mm-hmm. and that's the K Eric with the K people. Oh. Eric with the Well, good. Well, I wanna, I wanna, I'm glad I ran into you at uh, Foster's Freeze. <laughs> so my. <am I>. People <laughs> follow Eric. Also follow me at Twitter at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot at Cooper Talk. Also go to my website coopertalk.net. There's about there's over 310 episodes up there. Also, if you go to Stitcher or iTunes, type in one word Cooper Talk, you can find. All those episodes, the same place. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you at cooper at coopertalk.net. Also, if you have an Android tablet or phone, go to the Google Play Store. Cooper Talk, free app. It's free. All the shows are there. Listen on your uh, mobile device. Listen however you want. Just listen. So I want to thank Eric Paladino. Follow him on Twitter. It's Eric with a K, not a C. So get that right. Follow him. He tweets. And yeah, thanks for listening. Follow me at Cooper Talk. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget. Drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, don't drink and drive, and just have a fun weekend, and that's it. I'm about to get lunch. You have a good night.